0: This morning. From the Regional Office of Education, Director of Behavioral Health, it's Jessica Donaldson. Good morning, Jessica. Good
1: morning.
0: Good to see you again.
1: You too. I'm excited to be back.
0: Well, you and your program are being celebrated this month, uh, the month of February, I should say, as the Educator Program of the Month, courtesy of uh, MTC Communications. They're our partner in this program. So you'll receive a $150 check to go toward your program, and uh, we really appreciate what you do and what the ROE does, and uh, thanks to MTC Communications.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Wow, that's
0: exciting. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you and about uh, your program.
1: Well, I am the Director of Behavioral Health, as you said, for Regional Office of Education 33. So the work that I am doing there is I do oversee our behavioral health team. So we have behavioral health consultants from prenatal all the way through um, 12th grade. And then we also have a family support specialist. I personally go in and do a lot of the training for educators. Um, I do a lot of work around... Um, Helping them to understand brain development um, through a brain based model, which really is important because then they're better able to understand their behavior and how it impacts the school environment, but also to put some understanding to student behavior. Because sometimes when students walk in the classroom, there may be different behaviors that they're displaying, and we don't always understand why that's happening. And so I do a lot of work around educators really being able to know is this behavior a product of maybe how their brain was developed from the time they were born? or is it something that's situational in that moment? So when they have that understanding, they can address the behaviors and get the students back to a place where they're ready to learn. So I do a lot of training in that area. Um, I incorporate a lot of mindfulness. I am very focused on mindfulness and the benefits and importance of it. Um, So I do a lot of work in that area as well. And then Youth Mental Health First Aid is another area that we do a lot of training on. Um, Just making sure that educators are prepared should they ever come in contact with a youth who may be experiencing some sort of mental health challenge. We want them to know what to do um, and how to support that student.
0: I read a book. um, It was actually my husband's class requirement. It's been quite a few years ago, but it was called Teaching in Poverty, and it was a required reading, and it described the brain development um, with children who are in unfortunate situations, how it impacts the brain when they don't have proper nutrition.
1: Yes, yes. We really talk about um, all the different things that can impact behavior. Um, It could be that those basic needs are, again, are not being met in that moment. um, But it could be something that's just really about how their brain developed that's contributing to what they're seeing. Um, And so some of it is environmental, some of it is situational, and some of it is just the way they are developed.
0: Okay. What are some examples of situational versus environmental? So,
1: environmental things um, could be more of what you were talking about with poverty, um, things that are happening in their home or in their community. Um, situational could be things that in that school classroom setting. Um, maybe they feel that somebody is in their personal space and they're not comfortable with that. Um, maybe they're struggling with the social interactions of transitions between class to class if they're in a larger school where there's a lot of students in the hallway. Um, and then your developmental ones could be things of really just how you attach to people. What is your attachment style? And and that really is um, built and created through when you're born and the attachments that you have with your parents. So when educators are able to understand the difference between those things, um, then you just create a better environment for students and for educators and administrators.
0: Okay. And uh, very interesting information. A lot goes into it from a sociological perspective, a medical perspective. What? Uh, where did you get your, your training?
1: So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, so a lot of my background really is in providing therapy services, specifically for families. Um, I transitioned fully into education about two and a half years ago to be able to train people on a lot of the work that I was doing individually. Uh, my The training that I'm using the most right now is I am trained in the neurological or the neurosequential model in education, which is Dr. Bruce Perry's training that's specifically for educators. Um, that has really been what's most relevant, and that is that brain-based model education.
0: Okay. Good for you, Jessica. This is so important uh, to our community, to our education system. We're glad, glad to have you. I, I did not realize how how deep um, this can really go. Uh, but I'm not in the education field. So this is so, so interesting, because we know we have challenges, mm-hmm. but where do they stem from? And right. that's what you're able to help people understand and to work with uh, to help the students.
1: Yeah, because when you understand the root causes of things, and it helps you to be able to come up with a solution in any environment. If we're just teaching educators how to manage this one situation, then they only know how to manage that one situation. But if we can help them to understand the root causes of things, then they're able to manage every situation. And that's the
0: goal. And what's the brain-based model? Can you give Use a synopsis of that? Yeah. So the brain-based model
1: is making sure that you're incorporating um, an understanding of how the brain develops in all of the work that you're doing. So your lesson planning, um, your interactions with the students, how you're setting up some of your rules and policies within the school. um, It's just having that developmental... um, component in mind. Um, So what usually I'm teaching educators is the understanding of you have to regulate first and then you relate and then you're able to reason. So if you set things up in that way where you make sure that they are regulated and they are calm first, then you can work on building relationships with them. And once you've met those two components, then you can move to teaching them and having those instructions and being able to remind them of the skills that they've already learned. If things are not set up in that direction or in that order, then you can't um, get them to a place where they're understanding what you're saying to them. They're going to be dysregulated and they're going to be upset and you're not actually making the connections you're wanting to make with them.
0: Okay. We're talking with Jessica Donaldson. She is the Director of Behavioral Health with the ROE number 33, which serves uh, four counties. Uh, gosh, nine school districts? Yes. That's a lot. That's yes, a lot it of it's a training. large area. You know, it's almost as if these days a teacher needs, uh, and we don't have the funding unfortunately, but you almost need a, every teacher needs to have an aide at all times in their in their rooms.
1: Yeah, there's, you know, it's not a secret. I mean, everybody knows, and we're talking about it a lot, how there is a shortage that's happening right now. Um, and the positions that are filled, they're not substitutes. Um, if somebody were to need to take a day off or even to come to some of the trainings that I'm providing. Um, so we've had to get very creative um, because, as you said, not everybody has an aide. Right. Um, so we've really just had to kind of shift into how do we offer the support and how do we offer the training for educators to be able to still manage um, until we're able to get all of those positions filled.
0: And are you able to go into the classrooms and observe? So I don't go into the classrooms a
1: lot now. Okay. Um, I usually push into schools on their institute days. Um, so when they have an institute day or a school improvement day, then usually I'm in the buildings at that time providing training. Um, just because of my schedule in the area that I cover, I don't have a lot of time to go directly into okay. classrooms. Um, it's a little bit more of a, a teach the teacher model. So I teach them and then they go and they're sure. able to practice and sure. then report back and they'll reach out to me if there's any questions about um, the information that we've talked through.
0: Okay, Good. Yeah, again, just thinking out loud that if there was more than one of you, (laughs) it would be nice in your position, too, because you've got a pandemic. You have teachers, staff, administrators, you guys at the ROE uh, that have worked and had to pivot almost. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like a never-ending overtime in a ballgame. It's sudden death all the time. Um, and, and it's just difficult on, or it has been very difficult on the, the teachers and staff. And we can't say enough good things about how wonderful uh, they have been and trying and, and to get through all of this. What what did you walk through with teachers? You know, take us to 2020. It mm-hmm. began 2021 year two. And here we are in 2022 hoping for a really good year.
1: <laughs> yes, we have shifted a lot over the last couple of years. I think um, when the pandemic first began, We all had to understand how to work from home, um, which some people, I think, in the beginning really enjoyed and appreciated, and other people had some challenges with. Um, So we really had to just work with people on uh, being able, you know, their time management and being able to stay on track with things professionally and personally while you're home in that environment. Teachers, especially, I think, really just kind of had to hit the ground running with moving to virtual instruction. Some educators really took hold of it and were able to transition pretty easily, but some educators really struggled with trying to figure out how do I make this work because it was a whole shift for them and it happened so suddenly. Um, And then, you know, we were from the behavioral health perspective, we were just really trying to push self-care, making sure that you take care of yourself um, and that you stay well. And I think as we moved into 2021 we had to shift again because we had some people that were coming back in person. Some people were doing a bit of a hybrid model. Um, And our educators, just like they did in 2020, they stuck with it. Um, They persevered. They have done a phenomenal job of staying focused on meeting the needs of students and doing what's best for kids. And despite the shortages and the challenges that we've had with the pandemic, um, educators and administrators have really pulled through. I think now as we move into um, 2022, we're really starting to move away from those conversations of self-care and starting to look more at collective care. You know, what are we doing to make sure we're continuing to support each other, Um, making sure that we are staying well? Um, It's really about how can I support the person in the classroom next to me or in the building um, with me? What can I do to assist them? What do they need from me? Um, We are in this together, which I know we've been saying since the beginning, but I think we truly are feeling it now. And so we just have to move from from that self-care to that collective care,
0: we do, because we're seeing the teacher' shortage, as Jody and Lori uh, were able to discuss with us on Monday. And we're also seeing uh, a number of retirements. yeah, and that's that's coming to a head. So I know there's a job fair tomorrow. It's a virtual job fair on handshake. Have you ever heard of handshake? I have not. I haven't either. It's a virtual. you can call Western Illinois University. They're putting it on. It's specifically for education mm-hmm. students and alumni mm-hmm. who are interested in the education field. Um, so it's a virtual career fair uh, tomorrow. So there are, and, and there's a program with Mom of College, the ROE, uh, that's trying to help our educators. So uh, folks are really dialed in on this.
1: Yeah, it's, we're we're trying to meet the needs. You know, we, you're always going to have educators that are going to be transitioning out because of things mm-hmm. like retirement. Um, but we're in a tough spot right now with getting positions filled. And so we want to make sure that we are, retaining teachers um, that are well Um, we want to make sure that we are bringing in teachers who feel supported Um, and so some of that again it goes back to that concept of collective care what are we doing to take care of each other Um, because we want educators to come into this system and to feel prepared to support our students and that starts with feeling like they are in a good place
0: okay Jessica any upcoming events or activities you'd like to share So we
1: have a couple things that are in the works. Um, I am hoping to be able to push those out later this week. Um, We will be doing some train-the-trainer programming around classroom culture. So districts will be able to send representatives to get trained in this program. Um, Most of our districts now have a CPI representative um, who does a lot of um, crisis intervention work. And this is just another um, kind of arm of that model, but it's just more focused on classroom culture. So we have that training that's coming up, um, some opportunities to engage in some other Um, SEL curriculums. Um, What's SEL? Social emotional learning. Okay. Yes, a lot of our school districts are really embracing um, social emotional learning, which I love to see. Um, So we will be offering some support around that. Um, So there's some really cool things that are coming up that we're excited about.
0: Okay. Jessica, I'm glad we have you with the uh, regional office of education. Uh, This is all very interesting. Thank you so much for sharing it with us, uh, telling us what you do, what you're trying to do for our teachers, staff, and administrators. Congratulations on being the spotlight of the month uh, with your programs.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, and I'll see you again uh, for the next mental health forum that we end up having uh, as soon as we get through the the, uh, ag roundtables, the ag seminar at Midwest Bank, and and, uh, uh, basketball regionals and all that good stuff. Okay. We have a, see you then. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. Jessica Donaldson with us. She is our Educator of the Month with MTC Communications as our sponsor. She'll receive a $150 check from MTC Communications to use toward her programs, which are behavioral health with the four counties, nine school districts in the Regional Office of Education.